Hello. Welcome to Happy Tears. Bonus episode! So yeah, today is uh, not a regular episode. We are not reviewing any particular works of art from, you know, the last couple weeks. Uh, This is a bonus episode where we are going to review... The year in music of 2019. I'm Brandon. Was that a weird way to say that? And I'm Nick. (laughs) Welcome to Happy Tears. Today we're talking about our top five albums of 2019, favorite songs, favorite concerts, most underrated music, and of course, our favorite Happy Tears moments related to music in 2019. This is the best music of 2019, and this is Happy Tears. So I think a good way to start everybody on the planet that is a Spotify user, which is a lot of people. Right. A lot of people are posting their uh, 2019 Spotify wrapped and decade lists. We're going to save our decade stuff. We're going to do a whole decade in review in the coming weeks and months. Um, But for now, I think a good way to start this conversation is to just literally talk about, let's by the numbers, what, what we listen to the most. So... To that end, Brandon, I'm going to let you go Roll first. first. Who are your right. top artists? Well, I'm not crazy about this this year. <laughs> and it's and yeah, I'll say why after I list. But here's here's my top five uh, top artists. Uh, are uh, Bon Iver, The National, James Blake, Pup, and Big Thief. And I like all those bands. Uh, but, and then my top songs are Faith by Bon Iver, I'll Come Too by James Blake, You... Man Like by Bon Iver, Power On by James Blake, and then Hey Ma by Bon Iver. So what happened was, yeah, they I listened to this Bon Iver album to try to get into it a lot of times. <laughs> really giving it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and I like it fine, but it's not like, I don't think I have it in my top 20, but it mm-hmm. ends up being my number one most played album. And so it skewed the results a bit, and now my top artist... The five top artists, none of those, maybe spoiler alert, but none of those will be in my top five albums, which um, is interesting. Well, but. that's the case for mine also, which is crazy. So, and, and three of my five top artists didn't put out any new music this year. Yeah. Frank Ocean has been my number one artist for like three years straight. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I just can't stop listening to Frank. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my top artists this year are Frank Ocean, The Beatles, which is a pretty constant in my life. Solange, which made me feel real cool. <laughs> uh, Tyler, the Creator, and Childish Gambino. And then my top songs are Say It by Maggie Rogers, mm-hmm. which is still a uh, banger if I ever heard one. <laughs> uh, Needy by Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Stay Flow by Solange. Juice by Lizzo. And Sunflower from the new Spider-Man movie by Post Malone. Not all my top artists had new music this year but all of my top songs uh, ex- except for the sunflower the spot the spider-man song right are from from this year well that's cool i just was upset that yeah i got my top five songs were all from two albums and <laughs> i just wanted more variety than that i wish they would have you know put in the algorithm that there was only one song per album or something that i don't right. know but it's fine. My my decade's more <laughs> exciting, so we'll have to we'll have to wait for that. The decade will be a fun discussion for sure. Um, cool. Just I guess general thoughts on this year and music um, standouts. Yeah. Well, for me, I listen to more pop music this year than I think any other year. You know, usually my 
main genres are like hip hop or um, I guess rock or you know other mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I like pop music fine, generally speaking. But I feel like this year particularly, there was a lot of strong stuff to come out, especially mm-hmm. early in the year. A lot of my favorite albums of the year came out in like January or February because as I think I've stated before, I really just find like two or three things I like and just beat it into the ground. <laughs> and, and you like beginnings. I love beginnings. So <laughs> another thing that we've established on Happy Tears. So uh, yeah, I for me, that was a big kind of a surprise now that I look back and it's like, oh wow, I listened to a lot of pop music this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like Lizzo, Maggie Rogers, Ariana Grande, things like that. Um, and so I thought it was a pretty good year for music, generally speaking. Um, I'm trying to think of how it compares to the last couple of years. It's kind of hard for me to... Yeah, I kind of looked back on the past two years, and I felt like it was, uh, I guess, on par with them in my my book. Um, well, again, on the decade discussion, we could talk a little bit, but 2016 was huge for, for me. So, like, 2017, 18, 19, all been good there's plenty of good albums i don't think there's one thing i i noticed that it was hard for me to pick like a uh just a number one overall right album in both my favorite and what i think is you know quote-unquote best Important or whatever or, yeah, yeah important yeah, yeah. really um yeah so a good amount of uh good to great albums nothing that i think's like genre defining or decade defining or anything like that so that uh, is that is a good way to think about it in terms of ranking your years right like what what had the iconic album of that year you know ones i think about from this decade or like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or blonde by frank ocean right beyonce's lemonade is a huge one for me all you know that all came out i mean I, the kanye one was a while back mm-hmm. but you know the the other the latter two were more recently and yeah i agree there hasn't there's one or two albums that are I really like, but if I really think I I've got a I haven't done a ton of work on my decade in music yet. Yeah. So I got to see. But yeah, I think that's a that's a good way to think about it in terms of wh- where's the most important music coming from or when I I should say. Yeah. I also love gears that provide great albums in like every genre and and or like albums, really great albums from new artists and then really great albums from maybe even like some legacy artists or some people who have been around a long time. That's or, interesting. Um, Do you think that this year gets that? I don't know. Uh, more new artists for me, I think, um, at least in my top five. It's, I like, I'm just thinking back to, we'll talk about 2016, but I think that was a year that, that had kind of everything, but... 2016 yeah. was a great year in movies also. We'll talk about that on another episode. <laughs> but. Cool. Well, one thing, another thing I wanted to know, along with your pop music, I just think in like popular music for the year, like some of the bigger radio hits and stuff, uh, were actually kind of exciting. Like at both Lizzo and Billy Adlish being uh, really big, I think they both provide something that interesting and uh unique and uh, i don't feel like you always get that in like some of the biggest hits of the year so that was cool what is up happy tears uh connor here and i heard that you needed to know some favorite songs of the year i definitely have a good one for you i'm gonna say warm animal by sure sure or if you say sure sure it can be said that way but warm animal sure sure it's pretty dope honestly and i hope you listen to it peace guys hey what's up little tiny baby dudes so uh music 2019 i'm sure uh the team has circle jerked over the Balin album by now so not gonna touch that uh early in the year i 
I believe this album actually came out last year, October, November, but beginning of this year, I really, um, heavy in the rotation was the Coulter Wall album, really dug that. Some other albums, um, the Madison Cunningham album was really cool to me. I really dug the guitar tones, kind of like fuzzy, gritty, black keys, and then her like warm vocals over top was great. I think she uh, had some good songwriting on that album. When I wanted to feel like a badass, I really liked the new Sturgill Simpson album. That was pretty cool, kind of switched it up from his last two albums that were kind of a little more heady. This one was uh, kind of some like classic, punch you in the face guitar riffs in the anime on Netflix was pretty dope. So dug that. Can't think of anything, anything else right now, but rock and roll. Hey, Happy Tears podcast boys and fans. Um, my 2019 artist of the year, I could pretend it's someone super cool that no one's ever heard of and all that, but it's not. I freaking love Ariana Grande. She put out two pieces of work in less than like two months or something insane and went on a tour with over a hundred stops or just a hundred stops or something. The show was phenomenal. Love her. Spotify told me she's my number one too, so. That's a fact, but look out in 2020 for Chica. Um, she had a couple singles this year. She's a G. Her freestyles are insane. Um, you can find her on Instagram, C-H-I-K-A-O-L-O-G-Y. Big fan of her. Doesn't have a whole body of workout yet, so it's going to be lit. Happy New Year. Happy Tears Pod. Bye. All right, well, <laughs> on to the top five. Yeah, let's, this can't be that long of an episode. No, this is exciting. We've we've talked about doing like ranked lists before, and we you know never really have. And so, yeah. starting this is a good place to start. I think our top five albums of 2019. With a caveat for me is that I have a really hard time making lists of any sort because they like, for instance, this top five kind of fluctuates for you know whatever i'm feeling at the moment and absolutely i don't have like a like i said a strong number one i like all of these you know practically just as much as the other one just depends on uh what i'm listening to it for or what mood i'm in or where i'm at or whatever and you've got what you have beyond a top five are like yeah put I, together right? i made a do you remember the name of this website no. Um, it's pretty cool. You, <laughs> it's easy. It pulls up the... NeverEndingChartRendering.org. Yep. Um, you can kind of customize how long you want this list and what style you want it in if you want the titles on the side and stuff, and then download it as a, a JPEG or a PNG. But Yeah, I'm looking at my best of the decade right now, and it is... I mean, I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I did a 20 of the year. I might roll through them at the end of this top five. Yeah. Just not saying anything about them, but just uh, roll or do an honorable mentions or something. But, but I think share that on social and stuff yeah, too. Yeah, I think the top five is um, pretty like pretty solid. I'm pretty, I think I'm, I narrowed it down to these five and feel good about it. I think I've only got a top 10 right now. But And my big caveat is I'm not a huge album guy i like i like albums but if i honestly look at my listening history i'll listen to an album a couple times save the three songs that i really like put them on their own playlist unless it's john mayer unless it's john mayer or the beatles (laughs) in which case i never stop listening um or childish gambino and uh so so yeah so it was i have a lot of songs that i really really like that i generally like the albums too but specifically i I uh, had trouble 
picking favorite albums because it's like, oh man, it's been like six months since I've actually listened to that album. <laughs> so cool. That's my caveat. But I do have five good. here that I'm ready to throw in your face. <laughs> Sweet. You want to start? I can start. I'm happy to start. So number five for me is entitled The Fall of Hobo Johnson by <laughs> Hobo, Hobo Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> exactly. A lot of reviews that I read were not favorable for this album, mm-hmm. but I, I something about it really captured me. Mm-hmm. I find Hobo Johnson's delivery and personality that he puts on these tracks very charming and endearing. I think I relate with him a lot. He seems like a guy that is weirdly confident and like believes in himself but doesn't want to seem cocky or doesn't want people to like think that he thinks he's confident (laughs) so he like he comes out strong and then pulls back and like trails off in some of his sense and it's it's specifically something about his delivery is very interesting to me he reminds me a lot of one of my favorite bands from high school and college say anything Mm -hmm. max bemis the lead singer of of that band does a lot of kind of sing talky style vocals Mm -hmm. and although hobo johnson's uh like a 20 year old white rapper and rap is all talking pretty much but he's he it's somewhat conversational at times and i just love his style of delivery um and this album the fall of hobo johnson really comes out of the gate in a very cool way the two songs that i'll highlight three songs very quickly the first song is is the first track on the album it's called typical story it's a it's a it's a it's a typical story where the bassist kills the singer the guitarist and the drummer find they're in love with each other it's the story of the kid who clearly won't know what to say when the love of his life starts to calmly walk away and it's the story of the dad who decides to chase his dream he quits his job he falls apart and he loses everything and it's the story of the kid who just wants to make a record loves and crafts it but nobody else it sounds like like a obviously self-conscious young rage against the machine meets small town white boy rapper i don't know <laughs> but i i love it's got this awesome guitar riff and from the downbeat just captured my soul yeah <laughs> there's 100%. a whole nother song called uh you and the cockroach which is a really funny song mm-hmm. um that's all about it's like he tells this story about the evolution of humans and then how we're all gonna blow each other up one day and then who's going to survive the cockroaches? Well, you know what they're going to do? They're going to blow each other up one day. It's just this like crazy, silly thing. It's like a little bit political, but it's mostly funny. And the musicality is so simple. And it's kind of like a lot of like single keys and arpeggios. But uh, he's, he's just like, a, he's a funny kid. What can I say? I just like him. The other song that I want to highlight is the ending of the album. It's called I Want a Dog. I really want a dog and a wife who loves to talk about the day that she had. I want a house that's on a street, that's on a hill in a community with other people just like me. I want a kid that plays guitar and he'd be a prodigy at the age of three, but he'll just give me lessons when he's six. I want my dog to fucking talk and tell me that she's very, very proud of me and that I worked very, very hard. No, I just want a dog. I just want a dog. I just want a dog, dog. 
just a really beautiful track. Uh, it's kind of wholesome in that, I mean, the hook is just him repeating, I want a dog. and it, But it's the whole song is about how he wants his life to play out. He just like It's got these big swelling strings at the end, and it's very hopeful. And I had a lot of happy tears listening to that one. And I really think that this kid is super cool, and I think this is his second studio album since he kind of blew up from that uh, Tiny Desk submission mm-hmm. thing. And uh, yeah, I, I love this album. I played it more more than a lot of other stuff. So yeah. that's my number five. Castino, I really want a dog. And a wife who loves to talk about the day that she had. I want a house that's on a street. That's on a hill in a community with other people just like me. I want the life I've never had. I want only just to laugh. And I want stimulation every second and a half. I want the world to fucking see. I have someone to respect. Even when I'm lying cold, cross on in a chest. So my number five is an album that we have discussed on this podcast. hey And it's an album called Jamie by Brittany Howard. I felt like this album was kind of just made for, like it checks all the boxes for me. Like I love the instrumentation on this album, has some of my favorite musicians on it. You can go back and listen to that episode to get a much deeper dive, but just feels like a really personal album. Um... Her vocals on it just seem so kind of free and loose, uh, which I love. This wide variety of genres she's pulling from, and the songs kind of range from pretty devastating to uplifting. Uh, it's pretty short, so like a, I think a 35-minute runtime, so it's nice to kind of get through pretty quick. Uh, I like albums like that sometimes. I think like the ending of Georgia is one of my favorite moments in music of the year. That I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> so... I'm going to interject and just say that this is actually my number four, so I'm just going to piggyback off of you and yes. we, can, we can have this conversation. I love and this. <laughs> Georgia is is one of my favorite music moments also. It's just so good. Yeah, dude. way the synth and i don't yeah it's so like triumphant sounding yeah it's really nice it is a triumph it's (laughs) it's just so great and um it's beautiful track and and something we highlighted heavily on our episode when we kind of dissected the album yeah and i love that episode of the podcast too like i think there's that part of it it was just fun to get into this record so also there's a she put on a fantastic and memorable performance at acl where i got to see or where we get to see some of these songs live. And yeah, it was just a great, great album. I kind of fluctuated. I had it at different spots within my top five, but today (laughs) it landed here. And I think if you're wanting to listen, just start, uh, well, either start with track one and listen all the way through or to get just a taste, the the single uh, Stay High is a really, really great song and check out the music video too. So listen if you're fans of Prince or Al- Alabama Shakes because this is their uh, their lead singer. And then, well, I'll have more to say about Brittany Howard in the the decade list. Cool. And I'll I'll piggyback and just say some some of the highlight tracks. Yeah, absolutely. Georgia that we already mentioned is is just so so great and uh, short and sweet. Uh, yeah, is, I love that so is, much. 
another big Happy Tears song for me. So, so you've done your number four already. Yes. Not, so any anything else you want to say? I don't think so. I mean, you're always better at talking about this stuff than I am. She. No. I mean, the thing that I always hear you say when you talk about Brittany Howard is she's a star, and she just is, right? I mean, yeah. she. Every time I see her speak or perform, there's just such a confidence to her. For sure. And it, she just has such a presence. Like she belongs on that stage. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's something you and I were talking about maybe at ACL that like I could see the way that we look at Aretha Franklin now, especially mm-hmm. now that she's passed. But like I think in 20 years, we're, we're going to look back and, and look at Britney as like as far as powerhouse vocalists mm-hmm. that had a voice and had a presence that was undeniable. And put out great albums too. Consistently. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think she's going to be someone that's going to continue to make great music and we're going to look back on and say, yeah, she's she's always been one of the greats. Yeah. So agreed. Uh, so I've done four. So we're gonna bounce it back to you. So my number four is an album called Dog Roll by a band called Fontaines DC. They are a an Irish uh, indie rock with like punk in there uh, or post punk maybe uh, band from Dublin. This is their debut record, and it just I really love the energy of this record. Feels very immediate, and the, there's loads of catchy tunes on here. Uh, with both biting and poetic lyrics. It was released in April, so I had a long time to listen to it, but um, I just love the matter-of-fact delivery that the the lead singer has on here. The live show was really fun. They played with idols at Curtain Club, and they opened for them, and so I'll I'll talk about that a little later, but they, yeah, I love that, like, the singer's kind of, the stage presence was really unique, and then the emotional tracks hit. Um, really connected with me as well on the album and kind of stood out from some of the other uh, louder tracks. But I think that the for, there's an album that came, uh, actually Idol's album last year, uh, this is kind of kind of mirrored that album and what it kind of stood for and stuff for me last year. And, and so that's like that album for me this year, I guess. And Boys in the Better Land is like, is the biggest song in that album. And it's probably one I'd check out if you want to listen to their music and see kind of what their album's like. But the boys in the better land, you're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Driver's got names to fill two double barrels. He spits out, grits out, only smokes carols. Really fun. Really looking forward to, yeah, what they have to offer next. They're a great band. So that leads to my number three. Um, Oh, this is a special one for me. So my number three album of this year is called I Am Easy to Find Hmm. by The National. Yes. I have a lot of emotions wrapped up in this album, specifically because it was my friend Brandon that introduced me to The National through this album. And it was also the subject of the first episode of Happy Tears. It was. Musically, it's really great, but I think a lot of the reason that it's in the top five is because of the just... Yeah. Because it's it's so wrapped up in what this podcast is and our friendship, and mm-hmm. so the first time I got to listen to Brandon break down a, an album musically on the mic, and it was really... Uh, eye-opening and beautiful and so um well i imagine that some of this is because the the visual element too absolutely yeah and and what that added to uh the experience of the album yeah so the the short film directed by mike mills of the Mm -hmm. same name that uh featured i think it was like what six 
or seven, several songs from the album that had a little bit different instrumentation, a little bit modified for the, the short film. Right. But was so beautiful. You can go back and listen to episode one of, <laughs> of Happy Tears. This album holds a special place in my heart. So many tracks to pick from in terms of highlight tracks. The one that I've continued to return to the most is actually the title track, I'm Easy to Find. Mm-hmm. Something about sad piano, man. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because, like, yeah, I don't know if that song on its own would have been, maybe it would have been a standout track, but the way uh, it, you know, kind of weaves in and out of the short film, I think it just, when I hear it, so many of those images come to mind, and it's one of my favorites on that album, too. I also, um, I love Rylan a lot. Yeah. That's uh, probably the one I'd just straight up listen to most but i really love hairpin turns and not in kansas are also two Same. two beautiful tracks um so yeah i am easy to find so that's my number three well my number three is pretty different from that but i still love it uh it's called nothing great about britain it's from a, a rapper named slow tie he's uh from i guess northampton is how you say it um in, in england and this is his debut record as well. It's actually has some similarities to that the last uh, record I talked about, but this uh, it's very aggressive and urgent, kind of high octane and bonkers record. There's it's kind of the energy is pretty crazy on it. So there's and I, I just I love how fresh it sounds and the instrumentals are incredible. I think like the lots of bangers on here. But bonkers bangers. Bonkers bangers. That's what they are. They're bonkers bangers. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of humor on here too, um, but then some of it's pretty bleak. Lots of provocative lyrics. And I think why the album works so well too is just because of all of the vulnerability in moments on it because I think it was if it was just bonkers bangers then it wouldn't <laughs> work as an album for me as much. But um, yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of personal Uh, moments on here too along with just really wild funny stuff so yeah it's my favorite hip-hop record of the year uh there's a couple others like the little sims one and the freddie gibbs and madlib one that i liked a lot and played and uh but just didn't crack the top five um so it's definitely a political and personal record if you're a fan of like danny brown or punk music or old dirty bastard ODB. uh, odb uh then i think you will find something enjoyable on this record. So uh, nothing great about Britain is the title track, and I feel like if you like that, then you're you're in for the rest of the ride. Bottle of Bucky, in Buckingham Palace. There's coppers from Scotland all the way down to Dagnum. Waving a black cab, marching the fab. Had to skip the flats, I ain't chasing the dragon. You look like death warmed up. She in a spice, just a coma. I ain't dizzy. I'm just a boy in the corner Call me King Whitey Puking up off a corner All I tasted is korma Asbo restraining order I put manners on the punk Cause I haven't had my skunk Miss Teddy, I intend I'll squeeze your neck until you pop I was waiting on my friends outside the He can kind of cover a lot of ground and 
a ton of words. Like he, he fits a ton of words in his songs. He raps pretty fast on a lot of these. And, but, but yeah, good stuff. Awesome. Is he like Twista? Not like that. <laughs> not like that type of fast. But he, he just like, if you look at the, the lyrics of a lot of these songs, it's just pretty long. Yeah, uh, lyric sheet, and he has a like pretty wide variety of what he talks about, and he's had some really wild kind of performances that are just like fit right in the the punk rock realm where he just doesn't care. Love it, but yeah, it's fun. Very cool. So that means we're at my number two. Uh, sounds like it. Okay, well, uh, my number two is from very early on in the year. Yeah, it is an album called "Heard It in a Past Life" by Maggie Rogers. Mm-hmm. This was a pretty anticipated album, mostly because Maggie had dropped a couple of singles in the, I mean, it felt like years leading up to it. I know that Alaska, which is a a huge song that is on this album, but had been long (laughs) since released, you know, long before the album dropped. Right. To me, is one of the best songs of the decade. I thought she would never write a song as good as that, and some of the songs on here are almost as good or as good, which is crazy to me. For an album that came out so long ago, I mean, right at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. I, I was shocked with how well it stuck with me. But all of these songs, to me, are memorable. They all are of a similar style that is her own, but they are all kind of unique in their own way and catchier in their own way. They're, it is a very good pop album. Every song is is catchy. Most of the songs, I think, could be a radio-friendly fen- single. Mm-hmm. Something about the Maggie Rogers, her personality, her brand... Aesthetic. Uh, aesthetic, thank <laughs> you. I hate using the word brand. Aesthetic's not too it. much better, but... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I like it better. Overused. There's something that's kind of wholesome and, and great about her. You know, most people know her story that she was kind of discovered by Pharrell on this, uh, this YouTube video where he visited... Uh, I think it was in New York. Was oh probably so, but she was at NYU, a prestigious music music school. Yeah, and uh, they played the song for him, and he had like no notes because it was that good. It was the song Alaska. Right. But anyway, um, so obviously Alaska is a is a huge highlight track just because, like I said, I I do think it is one of the best of the decade, especially as far as pop music goes. Yeah. What was cool about that video is just it's like her school project, right? And right. Pharrell just came and and listened to all these students projects and it was just a song that she had created at school so that was yeah it, it stunned him and and then she blew up blew it on up <laughs> um another huge one for me is a song called say it just a banger if i ever heard one it's one of the only songs that i will n- dance to no matter what and i i like to dance fine but i'm also a self-conscious shy boy (laughs) and so uh yeah that that song will get me moving so um maggie rogers heard it in a past life my number two great if you like dancing in the woods without wearing shoes with a red sheet yeah and maybe some glitter just a little bit though not Not like too much yeah not like uh Maybe what you might think of Ariana Grande or Ke- mm. definitely not Kesha levels, levels of glitter. <laughs> minimal glitter. Minimal. Minimal. But just a little bit. You're just like a pixie fairy woodland creature. Perfect. So yeah, that's that's my number two. Uh, well, my number two is an album 
called Better Oblivion Community Center by Better Oblivion Community Center. Uh, This is a collab project with Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes. I think the songwriting's wonderful on this album. Again, it's decently short. I think it's 37 minutes with really no filler tracks. Came out uh, January 25th, so it was one of my the first songs or first albums of the year that I got into and it kind of sustained throughout the year. Played it quite a bit. I think it's probably my most played of the top five. A lot of it just has to do with I love both of these people. I listened to a lot of Bright Eyes when I was younger and it seemed kind of just like magic how it ended up working because I didn't know if it would. And it ended up being different from either of their like solo stuff. So came with a kind of a, a fresh sound for both of them that just kind of came off effortless and they're both great songwriters and them writing together was just really fun hearing them go back and forth on verses and then singing together uh really cool and um, bringing like two different generations of musicians uh together i think is always fun too especially when it works this well i also really loved their show at trees there were some emotional moments we could talk about later but um, it was one of my one of my favorite shows of the year, I think, and they I love both their stuff separate from this. So, awesome. yeah, it was a uh, Dylan Thomas is like one of the bigger singles from it, and I'd recommend that. not a bad song on here there's a song called exception to the rule that has more kind of experimental um electronic sound to it um but still has like the pop element and this is kind of all falls in the indie rock or folk rock realm but there's some electronic stuff throughout as well so yeah no no bad songs i can kind of put this on whenever uh it's just one of my favorites not Maybe if I had a top five of best or most important or whatever, it might not be in there. But um, in terms of just how much I listened to it, how surprised I was by it, and then getting to see these songs played out, they were they were really fun on stage together. And it just seemed like an effortless collab that was really fun, and I think good for music in general. Just, yeah, my number two. Awesome. Better Oblivion Community Center. Love it. All right, we're at the number one's number one spot. I think I might know yours. You probably do. Um, and th- like I said, populist, mainstream, baby. That's me. All the way. All the way. Yeah, so this is going to be true for a lot of people, I think. But my number one is an album called Cause I Love You by Lizzo. I really don't know what to say other than this song is just banger after banger after banger. This, I th- al- this album? Is yeah, sorry, yes. This album is banger after banger after banger. This song is just verse after chorus after verse. It was a multi-dimensional song. It's <laughs> yeah. like, wow, which, which one? <laughs> From the downbeat of Cause I Love You, where she belts out this painful, deep, 
Aretha Franklin esque belt, and uh, and then the the horns come in. It's just so big and grandeur, and and that's everything about Lizzo is proudly, beautifully big, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and when I look at meaningful albums year to year, especially the decade, and even movies, a big thing of what I'm looking for is is art that pushes the culture forward in any meaningful way mm-hmm. um whether that has to do with political stuff or race relations or gender politics or anything and one of the best things about this album is it's just such a force for self-love body positivity extra super girl power i mean mm-hmm. it's just it's fiercely unapologetically lizzo yeah and especially because she doesn't look like what in the past a traditional pop star has looked like you know she's a big girl and she knows it she loves it she loves herself Mm -hmm. and she's confident and the way that i think she is paving the way for people of all shapes and sizes to love themselves own who they are and go out and get their money, you know, like, <laughs> it, it's so great. Aside from the music is just good. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and she's a, she plays the flute on stage at every concert, <laughs> which is so badass. I think Juice is a perfect pop song. I think it is another one of the best songs of the decade in terms of it is instantly catchy from the, from the downbeat. Another song that will never not make me dance is just great. Baby, so is you, that's if I'm shining, everybody gonna shine. Yeah, I was born like this, don't even gotta try. I like shouting, nigga, better over time. They just say I'm not the baddest bitch you like. <laughs> Ain't my fault that I'm out here getting loose. Gotta blame it on the goose. Gotta blame it on my juice, baby. Yeah, I, that's one of my my favorite songs of the year too. It's infectious. It is. Super danceable, super fun. Yeah, there's a lot of those kind of tracks on there. It's a, it's a good one. Other smaller highlights for me. I really like the song Heaven Help Me, although it's uh, kind of slept on, I think. Uh, Tempo is a good one. Like a Girl is Tess, my, my girlfriend's favorite song. And then on the deluxe version of the album, they went back and added Truth Hurts, which is this gigantic hit now but it wasn't part of of the album when it was original it was just a single previously and so uh obviously truth hurts is a huge song now and worth mentioning for sure also came out right at the beginning of the year yeah right i think so at least the i know juice did this the single juice did for sure right and then this maybe a little bit after but i'm looking here i guess theron thomas i don't know if that's how you say his first name or her first name but ricky reed and lizzo were the three writers or have the writing credits on this song. And then another thing, it was co-produced by a guy named Nate Mercero. I think that's also how you say yeah. his last name. But he is in, he put out an album that ended up being number 10 on my top 20 list. So I, I had oh, no nice. idea he was a co-producer on this song, which Very is cool. super cool. Yeah. But just a little fun fact. Fun fact right there. So yeah, my number one is Lizzo. I love her. I love, the. I mean, the music is undeniable. And I think her as a performer is undeniable. Especially her story is so great. She has been like signed to a label for something like 10 years and almost gave up like a thousand times. Was never really given the opportunities to really shine until recently and uh she she had a moment in 2019 she seized it and and i think that she is gonna continue to be a star yeah for for years to come i think she yeah undeniable this was a it looks like an april release and uh it was another artist that we saw at acl 
Yeah. And had just a ridiculous crowd. We've talked about this before, but... Record-breaking. Uh, yeah, just outrageous number of people went to see her on not one of the biggest stages. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty pretty cool, and that was a fun moment for us, too, this year. So Love it. Love her. Um, my number one might surprise you, and it kind of surprises me, too. I don't know. It, it's an album we have discussed on this podcast, and it is an album called Pang by Caroline Povacek. Oh, <laughs> nice. He opened the door to another door to another door to another door to another door. Yeah, man. Um, again, all of these albums I've mentioned just fluctuate day to day, but I something about this one and the listening experience of it, um, I was just captivated by the sounds and songwriting and just kind of everything about it. I think the production is absolutely gorgeous on it, and it's always kind of exciting and intriguing throughout the record. And then, yeah, just from the songwriting to the vocal theatrics to the danceability of it, and there's also just some great jams on it. It just provided everything that I, I love in an album. And then also this is her first time doing a solo project under her name and not as part of, um, you know, a band. And that was just a really great breakout album from her. Yeah, just definitely one of my favorite listening experiences of the year. I love listening to this at nighttime. It just has some of the most stunning musical moments of the year on it, I think. The way that she makes these pop songs just all just sound i don't know i just i feel like i get something new when i when i listen to it like listen to the songs every time but they're still just catchy and listenable and yeah some of the stunning moments i think of like just the very ending of the the album on the song parachute um are just some of the stuff that she does with her vocals on here are really great so uh if you want to check out a song from this i think a fun one is so hot you're hurting my feelings all I can count on the days song it's just it's, it's very, very good. good um so yeah just a bunch of really great songs of, over this project and again looking forward to more from her um i hope she keeps on releasing solo stuff this is it's really great and i'd love to get a chance to see her next year um yeah that's, that's great i think that's the the number one for me yeah i mean i listen to that album a lot for a week and a half, you know, like leading <laughs> up to when we reviewed it on, right. on the podcast. And I really haven't revisited since, and I, I want to because there was a lot that I liked about it. Yeah, it came um, out um, kind of mid-October. So there is a little bit of just it, you know, being fresh in, in the year two um, where I still kind of return to it and, and like listening to it. But yeah, it's good. That's it's awesome. Good. Well, that is our top five albums of the year. Uh, just to recap, in order, starting at five, Brandon, you want to give me yours? Yeah, so uh, starting at five, I had Jamie by Brittany Howard. 
At four, I had Dogrel by Fontaine's DC. At three, I had Nothing Great About Britain by Slow Tie. At two, I had Better Oblivion Community Center by Better Oblivion Community Center. And then at one, I have Pang by Caroline Polachek. Excellent. And then mine are, number five is The Fall of Hobo Johnson by Hobo Johnson. Number four is Jamie by Brittany Howard. That's our only overlap, mm-hmm. right? Number three would be I Am Easy to Find by The National. Number two, Heard It in a Past Life by Maggie Rogers. And then number one, Cause I Love You by Lizzo. Um, I know that you have your ranking list goes on beyond number five. Yeah. I think I've got about 10 total, but if you had to choose just a handful of maybe honorable mentions that you'd like to throw out, do you want to do that now? Like, just like, you can just go continue up your list if you like. Yeah, so, um... At six, I had uh, When I Have Fears by The Murder Capital. Love that record. Gray Area by Little Sims, which I mentioned. Assume Form by James Blake, which I think we both like a lot. Yeah. Um, Remind Me Tomorrow by Sharon Van Etten. And then Joy Techniques by Nate. It's it's Mercero or Mercuro. I'm not sure he says his last name. Um, but the guy I just mentioned that was a co-producer on Juice. And then I did, I think... Following some of yours, I had I'm Easy to Find at, I think, 12 or so. And then I had another one, Anima, from Tom York that we covered, I think, at uh, 16. But yeah, some some great... I, I would just mention Joan Shelley, who I think is just an underrated artist in general, put out another lovely record. Um, she does, like, folk acoustic style stuff that I love listening to in the wintertime. Uh, that album title is called Like the River Loves the Sea. Another just really fun record is uh, called Scenery by Emily King that just was similar, I think, to how you feel about the like Lizzo and Maggie Rogers where there's just a lot of great like pop R&B type tracks on there and it's super danceable and a really just fun record. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, some of my honorable mentions, I don't have these quite in the exact order, so I'm just going to rattle them off. Uh, Igor by Tyler, the creator, was huge for me, especially more recently. I've revisited in the last month or so and and have really gained a lot in, in returning to it after its initial release. I think Thank You Next by Ariana Grande is a really great pop album also, and uh, I was surprised how much I liked it, because I, I guess I didn't really have an opinion about her before that. So <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, I think, a um, well-constructed pop record, lots of good tracks. For sure. Um, another one that we talked about on the podcast, Little Ghost by Moonchild is somewhere in my top ten, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was I'd never listened to them before that, as I mentioned when we discussed it. Just nice, easy listening that, that uh, I, th- I think I can put that on that record really anytime and just, yeah. just flow with it. So it's great. Solange's record, When I Get Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't returned to it in a while, but there are several tracks that I've pulled and kind of added to my, my singles, like my best of 2019, uh, songs like Stay Flow and uh, even Things I Imagined, which is barely a song i mean it's just like her repeating this kind of mantra over and over that um just really captivated me but yeah i think that's a really great record one that i think was kind of underrated and and people didn't uh and we'll maybe talk more about maybe albums in that category Mm -hmm. i don't know but uh willow smith had a had a a little album called willow that i i actually really liked so so that's some more music (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess we can go right on. I mentioned a few underrated ones. I'll just do, um, I think, just two more. Uh, There's one called Atlanta Millionaire's Club by a girl named Faye Webster, F-A-Y-E. And it kind of played the role uh, that 
the party by Andy Schaff um, played, and I've talked about that on on here before. Um, but yeah, just really her her vocals kind of have like a, a calming quality, and I I just I love the way this the album is uh, constructed, and there's some surprises on it too for sure. But a really really cool album that came. It's in this in my top fifteen, and then. Uh, an album by a band called Great Grandpa called Four of Arrows. Uh, I also really love. That's an awesome band <laughs> name. Yeah. And they're just, uh, yeah, there's elements of grunge in here, any rock, um, even more like uh, like country kind of sounding stuff that all blends together really well. Kind of like, um, I think Pine Grove kind of does that well too, but, but just... That was a really cool album that got overlooked. It was released towards the end of the year, maybe a couple months ago. Uh, but I really had fun with that, and it has some really standout tracks on there. So, yeah. Um, this I, I don't know if I'd call this an overlooked or underrated album because they're somewhat of a local artist, uh, specifically local to Austin, Texas. But we have mentioned it on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. TC Superstar is something that I think I should mention. Um, yeah. Just a, f- a fun little synth indie pop rock surprise band. <laughs> pop rock surprise. <laughs> you know, their notable songs, Ricky If You Want Me, Dana's Song, and Into You are, are one and only is also great. They just, yeah, they have an album called R&D that uh, is really awesome. So I think they should get bigger. And so yeah, you should listen to them. Always promote those artists. The show. Love that. It was a really good year for pop, specifically Lizzo, Ariana Grande, um, but I think a lot of people also forgot about Beyonce's uh, Homecoming live album was released this year. And I, I just think that music is just so original. I know she did her her Beychella earlier, but it's great to be able to listen to it when you're trying to get shit done or work out or, you know, whatever. Um, but she also released her original Sorry demo, which... I think was great song and I think everyone should go listen to it because I think I like it better than the original. Yay, 2019. Hey guys, this is Chad from Dallas. And since you guys are the Happy Tears podcast, I wanted to share my moment of biggest happy tears of any music in 2019. And that comes from Mr. Kanye West. Now I know what everybody thinks. The controversy around him, why would anybody care about what this dude is doing anymore in this year but i can tell you that what he made in his new album jesus is king is absolutely beautiful and one moment in particular really moved me this year and that is the song water that song i heard a morning that was just a really hard morning for me it was um, a day where a lot of things were swirling in my life and Um, I just dropped my kids off at school and had a moment in my car alone. And as I was driving down the road, the song came on and just put a calm over me that I haven't felt in a long time. And in that song, I just began to bawl. An absolutely beautiful moment, only something that the best artists can create. And the classic line of say what you will about Kanye, but he delivered another one. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great year. We can talk uh, singles from the year that you liked. I don't have a specific list, but I know that Juice would be one of my favorites Mm -hmm. um, on there. I loved a song called Not 
by Big Thief, uh, as well as Cattails by Big Thief. They were on uh, different albums, I believe, because they put out two albums this year, which is crazy. I like, I think Power On by James Blake is a, a really cool song. 17 by Sharon Van Etten, um, I think is a super powerful, just amazing song. Um, what do you have on yours? Yeah, some I've already mentioned. Juice is huge. Say It by Maggie Rogers is is a big one. I love Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. I, again, going back to the populist mainstream. I mean, it's just great. That's that's one of the albums I really wish I would have actually spent more time with. I didn't really. I think maybe once I gave it a good listen through. Um, I'm sure there's more that I like from Billie Eilish, but that's that's track is great. Um, Needy by Ariana Grande is great. Tyler, the creator, has a song called Puppet on Igor that was really great. Mm-hmm. Oh, NASA by Ariana Grande. That's probably my favorite Ariana Grande song. I really, really like it. Local music. There was a song called Selfish by Sam Lau, mm-hmm. who is a female vocalist and rapper who, in my opinion, is one of the best artists in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I love that song. Uh, Into You by TC Superstar was a big one. I'll just round it out with Georgia mm. by Brittany Howard. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, Stay High is just a, a great single, I thought, this year. There's a song called Don't Cling to Life by the Murder Capital that uh, was a standout. And then Don Chorus by Tom York I really, really loved. Man, that You Ain't the Problem by Michael Kiwanuka, that first track. I That's think, a really fun song. Um, is is great, great single. Yeah, if I think of something else, I'll say it, but those... Those were kind of ones that are they come to mind immediately. And um, since we're talking about standouts, I should uh, some of the albums that I'm going to mention that I I kind of missed this year that I am going to try to revisit when I get a chance. Um, I've never I don't think I've ever listened to a Lana Del Rey album beginning to end, but a lot of people have recommended to me Norman Fucking Rockwell, <laughs> including people that responded to our. Instagram poll asking what your favorite music is of the year. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to try to catch up with that soon. Billie Eilish already mentioned, and Vampire Weekend has a Grammy-nominated album this year. So that's another band that I really like that I just haven't gotten around to it. I have one more track that I was just thinking of um, by an artist named Aldous Harding uh, called The Barrel. And I think it's just another just, just great, great song. Uh, I can listen to it on repeat, and I think her, yeah, she's another special, special artist. I think she's from New Zealand. I don't want to be wrong about that, but I, I think so. And her, her album designer, I, I thought actually was really, really great too. But that, that song is just, just a, a perfect single. I do want to give a shout out to what in my, what for me, yeah, was the stank face of the year. <laughs> um, do it. This is something I want to talk about more broadly. When we do the decade in review, yeah. we're going to really get into Stank Face. <laughs> but, That's fun. Yeah, for me, it was something that we talked about on this podcast when we reviewed Earth Gang's album. Yeah. Uh, but their opening track, La La Challenge, the latter half of the song after the little skit in the middle mm-hmm. uh, with the girl ordering uh, fried chicken. The bass line that drops in. Man, chicken, mom, fish, girl. If you don't leave now, you will never get that. Try to go to gym, but that shit ain't sit well. I'm trying to sit your weird, but don't split hairs. My bitch did good. I listened to it on the way here, full stank bass all the way on the way. It's just like, it's just, I love a good bass line, jazzy, funky, hip-hop beat behind it. It was just awesome. So, yeah, uh, stank face of the year for me goes to wow. La La Challenge by Earth Gang. I might have to come back with one of those. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a particular one. 
I remember on What's the Catch uh, by James Blake featuring Andre 3000 during during his verse. I definitely had some uh, had some stank face going on. That's a great great <laughs> example. Love it. Yeah, and just on uh, yeah, also on that that Freddie Gibbs album. Um, I was just Freddie Gibbs just dropped uh, a tiny desk that I think is fantastic. I haven't watched it yet. Um, they got like a uh, a band. I think I think they're from New York City to play with them and piano player is amazing i uh, really all of them are great and madlib and freddie gibbs um both perform and it's it's a really cool it's what i think the tiny desk is all about right like what what it was for anderson pack right um, just that's stri- how i discovered him yeah just like stripping down those those songs um and making it sound different but, or just breathing new life into some of those tracks and and a really cool platform uh, for for different artists, but um, I really loved that record he and Madlib put out this year, and there's just several tracks on there that are definitely stink face worthy. So for sure, <laughs> yeah. Piggybacking on the on the love for Tiny Desk, I mean, I was a little annoyed when they brought Taylor Swift in, you know, a couple <laughs> months ago, which is fine. I get it. They're having been someone that produced a music live music series yeah. for a long time that was you know you try to get numbers up and whatever yeah but the best thing about tiny desk is the discoverability and and the way they are able to strip down music and mm-hmm. make it different and the two examples that were the most impactful for me was that was how i discovered who anderson pack was and now he is he was on my top five artists of the decade um that we'll talk about later from my spotify so yeah. it was huge for me and then it's how i rediscovered mac miller right after his death and uh max album is so important to me and uh it's it's like you said it's just it's just great that um to have a uh an outlet like that 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 really celebrates music in this kind of wonderful small yeah. way and so uh i hope it goes on forever and does more anderson packs and less <laughs> taylor swift yeah i mean some of those popular ones surprise you too though i, I so I'm down for uh yeah, I love what they love what they do. A good segue might be into our happy tears. <laughs> As Nick <laughs> tries to wipe up his tears. Yeah. Of the year that uh particularly related to music. Yeah. Uh several of mine happened because of this podcast in that they were things that we were reviewing in terms of studio music, like sitting yeah. at home and listening or whatever. Um, I had a couple of concert-related ones also, but uh, the big ones that stand out to me were Brittany Howard's album. Mm-hmm. I had two songs that really elicited... Elicited? That, yeah. That works, right? <laughs> uh, Happy Tears, both of which I've mentioned today. Mm-hmm. The ending of Georgia is just mm-hmm. so powerful, and, and you use the word triumphant. I think that's perfect. Um, and then Short and Sweet, I think, is is a gorgeous... Um, I don't think ballad's the right word. It's it's like a I don't know. It, yeah, it's just, just like a singer songwriter type yeah. track with the acoustic guitar. It's very good. Both of those did the same. It's almost like a waltz. Me. It's not, but it's it's I don't. There's something classic about mm-hmm. it. I yeah, know. yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, we both uh, we both share those feelings on those. Yeah. What else do you got on those songs? Um, yeah, I'm kind of the same way, and I, I just bring up there's uh, like. The National and Tom York in particular, just on like the, the visual components with them, I Absolutely. think really contributed because um, if I just listened just straight to the albums, I didn't necessarily have that. But I thought those were two cool moments from the year. But there's 
Yeah, one being during Don Chorus, and then there's like a just a moment between Tom and his partner and the uh, the the girl in the video uh, where they're kind of just like on the streets and turning and or swirling and stuff. I think it's just really really nice. And then there's several moments throughout the the uh, I'm easy to find Mike Mills. Uh, video that I think we both have talked about on here before, but but those were kind of standout moments. There's a, another one from the Better Oblivion Community Center concert. They they played a uh, a version of Lua by Bright Eyes that I think is just a, there's a nostalgia factor there for sure. Right. I didn't know he was going to play any Bright Eyes songs, and he played another one that was was really great too. But hearing both of their voices on a song that I had just heard so many times before and at a really like emotional time you know my life when at the point and stuff like that it was just uh it was really a really sweet thing to see live yeah and um another was kind of two moments with brandy carlisle one like was her grammy performance that was just so triumphant and just just look at her face during that performance and there's just so much joy and so much uh, the song that she performs is an incredible song, and that performance is incredible, but also seeing someone who I've loved for a long time be able to achieve that kind of success or whatever that she deserves was just really fun to watch, and her perform that way on that stage was just incredible. And then I saw her at the Bomb Factory, and it was kind of the same sort of feelings uh, at that show, so those were those were some of the music happy tears of the year. Yeah, I had one more at a, at a concert, and it's <laughs> classic Nick at the John Mayer concert yeah. in Dallas at the American Airlines Center. It was a little weird because I I went with like a work friend who I, you know, I'm a freelance video shooter and crew member, mm-hmm. so like I have different coworkers week to week and whatever, and it was uh, a girl that I, I don't know that well, uh, but she had an extra ticket. <laughs> But um, went to the John Mayer concert, and uh, he played the song Born and Raised, which is a huge song and album for me of the decade and of my life, really. And I don't think I'd ever heard it live, and, and it was just, uh, it's a song about just growing older. And, um, you know, the, the, the line that, that always speaks to me is, <laughs> one of these days, I'll be born and raised and it's such a waste to grow up lonely. And uh, the idea of loneliness and um, insulating yourself from people, which is uh, something I've struggled with for my entire life, um, it just always connects with me. And and so I bawled like a damn baby <laughs> at the John Mayer concert when he played that song. Um, and I'm, I, oh God, I wish I, there's so many more that I, I yeah, wish I could remember. Yeah, of course. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it's harder to remember when you're not tracking them. Now I try to do I know. a good job of like, oh, I'll bring that up on the podcast. <laughs> or when you know you're like, you're seeking them out. I know there's has to be some from earlier in the year and maybe some, some other shows. But speaking of live shows, I thought it'd be fun if you had a favorite uh, kind of like bigger live show and then maybe a more intimate or smaller <laughs> live show um, of the year. It might be fun to talk about those. Yeah, and so I'm just going to go back to standard Nick answer. <laughs> Childish Gambino at ACL was a meaning. I don't think I cried while we were there, but it was very meaningful to me. Um, it was five years almost to the day since the first time I saw him live at ACL with my chest on the barricade, you know, um, <laughs> when he played in the middle of the afternoon. It was right after because the internet came out. 
And I was there with my little brother, and he and I bond so much over music. Specifically, Gambino is a huge touchstone for us. And so, um, and we did our best to get as close to the stage as we could. Yeah. But he's so popular now that we had to wait two hours <laughs> just to be, you know. Right. 15 20 feet back yeah yeah, yeah. but um that was a huge one for me john mayer as i just mentioned was another big one for me I'm, and and i mentioned that to you before we got on the mic that i'm trying to think of the smaller i know i've been to more shows this yeah year. i'm just there it's such i'm drawing such a blank so i'm gonna continue to think about it as you give me some of yours well surprise surprise my big one of the year is the same as the childish gambino show really uh, yeah I, nice. I think just yeah production of it was amazing uh super fun he's just an incredible performer um maybe one of his last uh at least you know under the same sort of situation he's in now he was very they were very vague they yeah. said last show they didn't say ever they didn't say this year they they left it am, vague and ambiguous so yeah we'll, we'll so see we don't know how much more you know live performance if we'll be getting more live performances from from him or not uh or if they'll be in the same thing under childish gambino we don't know but um i think it was a really special performance and an awesome way to yeah to experience that I, you were there i had several other really great friends uh there as yeah. well so it just it's, it was meaningful in that way um and and gina was there as well and like it was just fantastic production value and performance my favorite smaller show of the year uh, i'd already mentioned it this podcast episode but it's the uh idols and fontaine's dc show at the curtain club they're both big bands that are getting bigger and they were both the the albums they've released in the past two years have been you know over a lot of people's uh year-end lists and stuff and i just think that seeing them in that sort of small space that was actually is another one that they uh the space has closed since then so it was the last show i saw at the curtain club and saw it with friends and we got super sweaty and the energy was amazing and uh they just have this raw energy in such a small space that it just filled the room everyone was on the same page and super fun super fun night and like i've said before i'm not normally a pit boy right I'm usually a pit adjacent boy. Pit adjacent, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was pit time that that evening. So <laughs> with with all my friends. So it's that's good. great. The only other uh, show that is noteworthy to me is a little emotional. Also, um, I saw Anderson Pack mm -hmm. at. Toyota Music Factory, not my favorite venue. <laughs> it's too far away, and they don't play the music loud enough, so you can, like, if you want to sing along, you really hear yourself. <laughs> I should hear the, the artist more. Um, but the show was good. The show was... I love Andy, and, and the he's great. The band he plays with, the Free Nationals, are great, um, despite the venue not being ideal. But it was one of the last shows... Um, well, it was the only show I ever went to with... Uh, to call him my friend is probably not entirely accurate. It w he was a co-worker of, of my girlfriend, Tess. Mm -hmm. uh, his name was Daniel Kim. Um, uh, Daniel passed away this year. I, th I believe he was 26 years old of uh, brain cancer. W what's funny is I didn't know him that well. I mean, he was a great dude. Mm -hmm. He was really my, my girlfriend's you know friend and mm -hmm. former co-worker. And uh, what's so difficult about it, obviously it's it's terrible for anyone to best way especially someone so young what's what was so uh 
what was so great about Daniel was he was a lot like you in that how much he really does care about other people. He would go out of his way to support his friends. I, I remember when Tess started weaving as a hobby. Mm-hmm. She took a weaving class and he was so excited for her that it made me feel like a shitty boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> for not being as excited. Yeah. He was great. just always so supportive. He was like the like wonderkind. Like he was like the young talented i think he was an architect rather than an interior designer at at my girlfriend's design firm Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's just it's such a tragedy when and someone so young and so such a good person passes away especially when like he really was like super talented he had the whole world was ahead of him you know he was of korean descent and like he was like involved in organizations for like people of color in his industry like he he just like had Everything set up for him to be just like a leader and a and a titan of of architecture and yeah um, he was a great guy. That's a special yeah memory. yeah. And so um, like I said, wasn't even I, he and I were were friendly and you know whatever. But really, he was my girlfriend's very good friend and and uh, he is missed and uh, yeah. absolutely. So thanks that, for sharing. That is a happy tear. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, of course. I do want to take this opportunity yes, to not be such a sad boy. <laughs> we did, uh, hopefully before we post this to the internet, we'll get s- some more submissions to our voicemail, and people have already heard that we've plugged a couple in. But I do want to read some of the submissions on our Instagram, since we put out the call on there. So, um, first person to respond, Shabby. We love Shabby. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of long. Yeah, I know. She gave a long list. So I, I just kind of put out there, tell us your favorite music, artists, songs, whatever. Just yeah. give us whatever you feel like. And so um, our friend Shabby has listened to Harry Styles, the band Camino. Uh, is that Love? Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Um, Ariana Grande, Louis Capaldi, Dermot Kennedy. Dermot Kennedy. Dermot Kennedy. Just Sorry. It's, not, it's, it's, not, it's an inside oh, joke. Okay, okay, got it. All right. <laughs> I Hopefully she hears that. it. Oh yeah, well, she doesn't listen. That's Connor okay. will. <laughs> Connor will tell her. She probably listens. I probably just heard her feelings. Uh, she always listens to the Backstreet Boys and Liam Payne. Is that one of the One Directions? Is that one of the now Five Directions? <laughs> I think so. Right. I I know that there's one named Liam. I, that's got to be him. Harry yeah. Styles is the only one that matters. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's he's one of them. our friend Tita from the Netherlands. Um, and I think, I don't think she lives there. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> she threw out Lana Del Rey, Norma fucking Rockwell. I've got to get on that. Thanks to her for always being a, a fan. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my, my brother Blake, uh, wrote in, uh, Marco McInnes, Energy. It's a, a song that he loves. Alicia wrote Mini Mansion's new album, Angel Olsen, uh, The Desert Sessions, and... Matiel, I don't know how you say that. Yeah, I don't. Um, the Dickaroo, that's that's my buddy Richard. <laughs> he threw out. How about favorite artists to come out of nowhere with angelic harmonies? Is that Bailen? Like Bailen. Bailen. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I didn't know if it was Spanish. <laughs> like they dance. <laughs> but uh, yeah, b- uh, Bailen. I don't know Bailen, but I need to check it out for those angelic harmonies. You should. Uh, Connor's a huge fan as well. Is he okay? Bzub twenty three. That's my buddy Brandon Zabriskie was all about hippocampus this year the album bambi uh good friend taylor darnell from high school 
says that I guess Greenlight by the Jonas Bros is my <laughs> Spotify number one for 2019. Crying laughing face. <laughs> uh, my friend Kristen Henry was into Tierra Whack this year. That's a great album. Came out in 2018. I think I talked about it on one episode. It's like every song is one minute long, but they're all awesome. Yeah. Uh, Whack World is the name of that yeah, album. Yeah, it's a really cool album. And uh, she was also into Lizzo. And then our friend Lacey over at Smart City Apartment Locating. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you threw that in there. <laughs> uh, also love Maggie Rogers, just like me. So thank you to our friends who responded on the Instagram. If you, if I didn't read yours, it's because you didn't respond in time, and you have done it in the future. <laughs> We're still open to them. If you can Please. send those in, we'd love yeah. it. Um, but yeah, thanks for participating. And to all of our awesome listeners this year, it's been been fun it has been a great first year first what four to five months of the podcast i think we started in august i'm excited to keep it rolling yeah i'm always excited and a little surprised when we get so many people responding and then also just people i've um you know haven't some that we don't know and then some that i just haven't talked to in a while and it's a really pleasant surprise that they're uh responding and supporting that way so it's cool for sure. Speaking of keeping it rolling. Keeping it rolling. You know, the year 2020 is right around the corner. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody I know follows the uh, the music industry and the things that are coming up better than you. Wow. And so we just, <laughs> I coined this term when we were off mic, we just went over our year in review. So give us our 2020 year in suspense. <laughs> What's, great term. What, what is coming up in 2020 that you well, are excited about? I would say there's one notable mention for the rest of 2019. I believe it's going to be released. Okay. Um, is the Free Nationals album. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So I think that'll be super fun. Uh, I know we'll both look forward to that. Uh, so that's Anderson Pack's band. They're doing a project. And he's featured on there, but then I think there's other uh, features as well. So looking forward to that. January 17th, Pine Grove, uh, one of my you know favorite bands from the last few years. They, they're putting out an album. Another Andy Schaff record comes out January 24th. A guy named Ethan Gruska, or I think it's Gruska is how you say his last name, um, has put out a couple amazing singers. Uh, singles he's had some like i know like blake mills is on his record phoebe bridgers leon la havas is going to be on this record and i oh, love she's her great but he was half of uh the duo i think uh, yeah brother and sister duo the bell brigade i don't know if you ever listen to no. them but he's got a so another solo project coming out that i'm super stoked about another um Longtime favorite, Wolf Parade, has an album coming out January 24th. The highly anticipated Tame Impala record comes out February 14th. Oh, Valentine's there's a date on Day. it now. Okay, yeah. cool. And I know tons of people are looking forward to that and seeing how that turns out because that record was you know, supposed to come out this year and got pushed back. So uh, a new Grimes record comes out February 21st. Uh, one that I'm really interested to see how it turns out uh, is the new 1975 record. Um, also comes out February 21st. Um, the singles have been interesting. I just really want to know how it all comes together. I've appreciated a decent amount of their their music, and I they're just I think a, a pretty cool band. But I none of their records have just like really I haven't been really captivated by any like full record yet, and I um, just want to see how they keep maturing and stuff. So. Uh, looking forward to that. Caribou has a record on February 28th, and I think the latest one that I have on here um, is that new Moses Sumney record. Um, May 20th is, so it's a little far down the line, 
but that uh, single he recently released with that video had me super excited. And he, yeah, he's kind of, like I said before, in the realm of like James Blake's and just always looking forward to what they have to bring. I know it's going to be experimental and something sonically that I've, you know, something new that I haven't heard before. So they always push the boundaries that way. Yeah. So a couple other things that I think are more rumored than anything yeah. or have been teased. Yeah, yeah. Frank Ocean For sure. has dropped some singles that seem to be part of a larger yeah. um, thing. So hopefully we get an album from him next year. But knowing him, that could come in three years. <laughs> exactly. And uh, LP of Run the Jewels recently, I think he tweeted that Run the Jewels 4 is is right around the corner I yeah think. so um i'd love that soon. yeah and then haim i think will be coming out with the record i think we'll both be interested in that and then uh another band i love y oak they released a single i'm not sure if an album's coming but i assume one would be coming soon so cool yeah so yeah so that is a lot of stuff to look forward to in 2020 i'm sure a lot of it we will uh cover on the podcast Thanks for sticking with us and submitting your favorite music of 2019. Coming up in the next couple weeks, we will be doing our favorite movies of 2019. And then we're going to do kind of our favorite other. So that's going to include TV shows. It's going to include books, uh, comic books, video games, anything else that we think is a highlight of, of the year. Along with your regularly scheduled programming of our reviewing two things a week. For sure. And then we'll move on to best of the decade around That'll January. be fun. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening to bonus episode number one, best of 2019. Love you all. Goodbye.